So hello everyone, welcome to this live event here in the European Parliament by the EPP Group on Artificial Intelligence. This is wrapping up what has happened for the next uh, about a year and a half uh, on uh, the special committee on artificial intelligence uh, that is investigating really how we should be regulating artificial in intelligence uh, in Europe and perhaps even around the world if we can set global standards. Uh, this, uh, it is, uh, uh, this is an event that uh, is organized by the EPP group, uh, so keep in mind the, uh, the handle uh, at EPP group. And joining me is Axel Voss, who is author of this report, this special report, uh, on artificial intelligence in the digital age. That's the, the, the name of the committee, too, AIDA, like the opera. Uh, and uh, you're also a member of the Legal Affairs Committee and the Civil Liberties, Justice, and Home Affairs Committee. Eva Maidel, you are also on the committee, and uh, you are also on the Industry, Research, and Energy Committee, which is also quite relevant to this, Indeed. To this issue. Good afternoon. So welcome to <laughs> both you. of you. And, uh, and uh, this week, we are voting uh, on the final vote on this report, on the AIDA report. Um, it's an urgent call to action for the EU and the rest of the world to find some way to regulate artificial intelligence, that we can make it work for people, right? That it is human-centric. Um, let me just ask you, uh, Axel, first of all, I mean, why is this a call to action? <laughs> So the EU so far is lagging behind uh, other regions in the world, so like China, like um, the US. And um, so we are more complex here in the European Union with our structures, our ponderous uh, processing and, and, and yeah. so on. 27 different governments. Yes. And so, and that's why we have to be aware that AI is of high strategic relevance. Mm. And um, so we, we need to come forward if we would like to lead. We need to be a good kind of a good competitor uh, yeah. to the others and in a kind of a leading position. And this is what we are not doing right now. And yeah. The, yeah. the challenge of, of rapid movement and development and so on is extreme. And that's for we, we need to have to come forward. And so this is urgent. Yeah, and that's why you set up this roadmap. That's part of the report, <clears throat> right? A roadmap right. between now and 2030 on what we should be doing uh, to, to better regulate and, and, and encourage yeah. uh, artificial intelligence. Yeah. No, no, this is totally right. We, we need to encourage ourselves, our mm. leaders, our, the Commission, in, in bringing more forward and having a kind of a strategic plan. Mm. So we, we, we can't just uh, go into it and saying, oh, yes, we are doing here something and there's something. No, now it's really time to make a strategic plan and a concept and also to execute these, not right. just having wonderful ideas, executing. So, Eva, I mean, uh, you, I heard you say uh, a while ago that you'd like to see a global standard, not just a gold standard, but a global standard. What do you mean by that, and specifically? Well, so first of all, uh, let me just uh, compliment on what Axel has been uh, saying about the report and about the importance of, of the committee. I would like to pinpoint the fact that we are the first institution in the world to actually be 
talking about the development of artificial intelligence. And that's not because we want to put some very, uh, you know, tight framework that will not enable innovation, but actually on the contrary. Um, we've spent the past year and a half discussing uh, how AI influences all sorts of different industries and different sectors in our society. And that was for, uh, we did that for a number of reasons. And one of the reasons was because we wanted to get informed. We wanted to be prepared to see where we could have this sort of uh, proportionality um, if we are going to be legislating, which we already are um, with the newly uh, coming uh, AI Act. Yes. It has to be a balancing act that provides this safe space uh, with clear rules and guidelines, but with the same mm -hmm. time providing freedom to uh, innovate and to create. And so here comes, yeah. yes, okay. and, and here comes um, what, what I often am heard to say. Um, very often uh, we are referred as uh, the gold standard setters in legislation. Like and with I, and data think, protection, GDPR. Exactly. Right? And, I, and I think this is, this is good. But yeah. today, more than ever, we need to make sure that uh, we could share the values uh, that, that we have um, with other democratic allies around the world. Because you can't regulate by yourself. You've got to get the others to be Absolutely. on board. Absolutely. We don't want to be some sort of a, you know, island uh, isolated in saying, well, yeah. these are our rules and this is how we, <laughs> we plan to develop um, AI. We need to make sure that um, this legislation doesn't exist in a silo or EU is not in, in some way uh, seen as a silo. We need these laws to be shared with the democratic uh, world to allow us to work with our international uh, partners. So this is why um, a, a global standard uh, mm. is not just a, a golden standard. It would be, uh, you know, much better if we can uh, do uh, both. Okay. Well, one, one specific sector is, is healthcare isn't it, yes. uh, Axel? Yes. And uh, I thought I saw an interesting uh, thing a development just recently that the European regulators approved uh, a kind of artificial intelligence that analyzes um, uh, x-rays without the help of a doctor. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. and, and that, I guess, showing in, in, the encouragement of uh, the private sector in developing these new technologies that's kind of a hopeful sign for what you want to accomplish, right? Yes, yes, this is a wonderful sign indeed. And uh, we, we need to go on with these uh, signals. But the tricky thing in the health data sector is at least you will need a lot of health data to find new knowledge, treatments mm. and, and, and medicaments and, and so on. Yeah, but and e-health, e for instance, being e -health, able to... Yes. Uh, but, work with patients even but as well. Of course, you yeah. need a lot of data and you need personal data, sensitive yeah. personal data. So there and needs to be that data protection coming, there too, yes, right? Yes, and here we are having this controversial situation yeah. that so far we are not providing these quality data sets and uh, there we have to do a lot more. Right, right. Yes. What about coming back to, uh, Eva, coming back to, to uh, SMEs, small and medium-sized uh, enterprises, uh, you don't want to overburden them with uh, with regulation, no. but you want and you want to <laughs> encourage them. Um, what about the idea of uh, uh, filling the skills gap for semiconductors and other industries, <laughs> filling that skills gap uh, through artificial intelligence without killing jobs? How do you do that? 
Uh, so very often there's been a lot of scaremongering that AI will be taking away jobs for us, yeah. from us and, and, and so on. And so I, I wonder if uh, a, the AI is not the new light bulb. And what I'm referring to, because it's April and 100, more than 100 years ago, at some point um, in, in Manhattan, actually, um, all the people that were lightning, uh, you know, the lights uh, around Manhattan went on strike. The and, gas lights. And the it, gas exactly. Lights. Yeah. And, <laughs> and citizens were wondering, well, what has happened? And, and just a couple of months before that, the light bulb was invented. And, um, uh, you know, they were scared about their jobs and that they would they would lose their, their jobs. So they went on a strike. Um, and so I wonder whether AI is, is not the new type of light bulb, uh, you know. <laughs> well. uh, but having said that, um, I would much rather prefer um, if we focus on the importance and have a clear strategy on how to make sure uh, that starting with those most important sectors like AI and semiconductors that you've mentioned, in, they are currently uh, lacking the necessary professionals. So um, we already have different soft measures in place uh, in the EU, but we need to become serious about talent. Uh, we know that talent attracts talent. Innovation attracts more innovation. So what I would like us to do is, I don't want us to be seen as, you know, just rule setters. I want to be seen as an institution that enables innovations, mm. that finds the right paths and ways to attract that talent. Mm -hmm. um, because we cannot lead in that sector if we do not have that talent. Um, and then uh, once we lead in this sector, you would see also that other sectors will find ways of how to, um, you know, um, um, attract other interested professionals. Right. I mean, just today, uh, we are probably surrounded by a couple of social media uh, communications managers and, and so on by having this Facebook uh, life. Yep. Well, 10 they're, years they're ago, those professions, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, 10 years ago, those professions were non-existent. No, that's right. Um, this does not mean we necessarily took uh, someone's job away yeah. to <laughs> to have this job. So there's a shifting so there. There's a shifting. There's yeah. involvement. And, and that is good. Yeah. You know, there's progress. I think we need to move away from the understanding and stigma uh, that you would graduate in a certain area, in a certain space, and that's all you're going to do all your life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and that's the beauty of it. Well, um, and the, and it, 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 talking about skills, I think, um, Axel, uh, that artificial intelligence can be used in helping to skill and upskill and reskill yes. uh, people so they don't have to light gas lights anymore, right? <laughs> no, <clears throat> I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> but but we have, of course, to, to develop. But here, <clears throat> in this case, we are seeing that China and the US are already teaching yeah. digitalization and uh, AI, for instance, in elementary schools. Hmm. But I can't see this so far in our European schools. Hmm. And that's why we have to change or to think differently on everything what we are doing. I'm always having this quota in mind from Henry Ford and saying, if you are doing that what we are always doing, then we get what we are always get. And, and here we have to change our mindset. Yeah. And uh, this, because of these developments, this rapid, fast changing developments, 
we, we have probably to approach everything a little bit differently. And it, 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 it's interesting you're mentioning uh, the, the competitors to the European Union uh, because uh, in your report and, and elsewhere, we see that uh, there's talk about a, a, how the EU it needs to catch up. And, and, yes. uh, and we see that uh, in the AI industry, 3.4 billion euros invested in 2018. Yes. Uh, that was good. That was an improvement. But yeah. uh, compare that to the, uh, the U.S., 31 billion uh, euros. China, 21 billion. Uh, it's massive. Yes. And, and this is where we've, we've, we've got to catch up. In your uh, report, you say only eight of today's top 200 digital companies are based in the EU. Uh, and that falling behind in the global AI race may run the risk of European values being globally replaced. Yeah. The strange situation is we are creative in Europe. We know the subject. We, we can move on, but we can't build a business model out of it. Yeah. So that's why I think we uh, also here we have to innovate ourselves um, a bit more. Yeah. And here we are coming also to the legislation issue. Hmm. We are so this ponderous structure we are into. We have to change this, and if we are coming to upcoming um, new developments, probably we should also give already a kind of a guideline. If you are inventing something, then please be aware that this, this, and this has to be respected. So how I mean, Eva, how do we fight that that potential brain drain that the the, the the people who are developing AI in Europe uh, might go elsewhere? where the money is. Well, so this is why I, I think that it's a good step that we put some ethical framework. And it's, I think, the important step to take afterwards is how do we collaborate and work with our international partners? Yeah. Um, because if we, if we create a safe legal space while in the same time enabling and giving the opportunity for creators, for developers, for mm -hmm. innovators to create their products here, this might be um, appealing uh, sure. because we also have the provision and uh, uh, the suggestion to have sandboxes uh, at, a, at a different, yeah. uh, you know, pace than we have them today. Um, regulatory and, and sandboxes. Regulatory yeah. sandboxes, yeah. yes. Um, and I think um, that uh, very often if an innovator hears or someone working a particular particularly on AI, here's the word regulation, they're more likely to escape. Yeah, so we need to find a way. Yes, we need to find a way to explain that, uh, you know, Back in, in, in the past, it was whoever rules the waves rules the world. So today, I think whoever rules artificial intelligence will dominate the world. Uh, but we have to do that in some democratic mm. norms and principles because autocrats uh, are trying to use AI in a weaponized way. Yeah. Um, so this is why I think there is a lot of ground to attract um, those that would like to develop AI to to help us in the different sectors, be it climate change, uh, be it healthcare, sure. uh, or other sectors. Um, and it's, it's, a, it's, again, a very fine uh, balance of how to do that and achieve that. And this is why communicating right now is very important. So we need to be seen as the first place thinking of how to help those working on AI and not uh, be seen as the place that wants to prevent them to mm. find their groundbreaking uh, innovation. And I find an interesting development in, in your home country, in, in, in Bulgaria and Sofia, there is a new AI center that was set up 
uh, with public and private funding. I'm, I'm reading 100 million uh, on the uh, government side, but 10 million among Google and others that are also investing in that. I think we need to see more of that too, right? Uh, absolutely. Uh, this is, I think, a very good example of the sort of centers of excellence that we need to see more uh, of those spread around Europe. This mm. has been a project in the making for a long time. Uh, I believe COVID also delayed it, but now it has finally taken a shape. Um, and it's, it's a place where, uh, you know, um, there could be a very good uh, collaboration between the research and the education uh, community. Um, it will emphasize a lot on uh, machine learning and computer science uh, and the mm -hmm. whole development of artificial uh, intelligence. Mm -hmm. And I think it's this sort of examples that would attract those working on AI, others that are, you know, currently exploring of where they could be uh, useful, uh, together with academia, yeah. together with the private yeah, sector, together, together with yeah. member states. Right. Um, and I think this is this is truly a, a, a a good way and I think this is an opportunity indeed for Europe not just particularly for uh, the country uh, to be seen as a destination for technological aspiration in, mm -hmm. in the future. Uh, at EPP Group EU is the handle uh, for any comments you would like to make, uh, any sound bites you might hear during this, this uh, special uh, uh, event here at the European Parliament here uh, in Strasbourg. What about another uh, Axel, what about another issue, another sector, another issue, climate change? How can artificial intelligence help to fight climate change? Yeah, so on, on different ways. Of course, you, you can uh, promote uh, sustainability a bit better for energy efficiency. Uh, to do more smart farming might be yeah. a kind of a way forward and, and the green tech uh, how we are calling these is, might also be invented uh, mm -hmm. better. And um, this is a kind of a way forward that you're probably in transportation, you can have a better efficiency than before because artificial intelligence is organizing everything in the background mm. and you do not need to um, have some of these uh, yeah, ways where, where you probably nothing with value will be transported okay. at the end. So, um, so this might be a way forward and, and collecting data, getting new knowledge out of it and, and trying then to transfer this into technology and, and uh, ways forward. So even mm -hmm. in, in, in um, houses, li living houses, you, you can say where you need more energy and we're not and so but this might also conflict with data protection at the end because yeah. of profiling but therefore we we need to have priorities at the end but uh, here um, this might really help in every detailed situation where you have consumption and yeah. so on well that, i mean what you just said kind of rings a bell about facial recognition what uh, what is the report's position on facial yeah. recognition yeah so we we try to avoid it yeah <laughs> in a way um, because um, from my point of view, banning of technology is not the best way forward because yeah. you do not know what will build upon these technology afterwards, and then mm -hmm. all of a sudden you find yourself again in um, dependency so and uh, of course if if you are coming with this general approach and just saying facial recognition is uh, very dangerous you 
you, you, you might find a lot of examples where it's helpful. Well, in crime fighting, for yes, instance, right? Yes, so, crime yeah. fighting, but it's also for the self-driving car yeah. and, and um, also for some shops it might help to, to welcome someone or mm. in... Um, in uh, hospitals or whatever it is. But you got to set rules to that, that it's not out of control, no, right? No, yeah. it should be regulated yeah. because the misuse might be very close. And this is yeah. why a lot of colleagues are afraid of. But sure. um, banning is not the wisest way forward. It's more regulating yeah. and balancing. Baby out with yes, the bathwater, we don't want that. Yes, right? no, yeah. safeguarding yeah. all this. And we have privacy tech already in place yeah. where, where right. your faces must uh, probably deformed. And, and you, you can't recognize me with these privacy tech. Okay. But you might find Eva Maidel if you're looking for her as a criminal or whatever. Yeah. So then... Never I know. hope I won't be uh, searched for uh, being a criminal, but perhaps to proposing, no, you know, legislation that's yeah. sensible. Then let's take Chris. Well, let, let's take Chris. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, take me for instance. Yeah. What about, uh, Eva, what about disinformation? That's another thing. These, uh, how it can be used in a wrong way, artificial intelligence, and how do we deal with that in regulation? So first of all, by the way, I just want to um, mention that the EPP group took a very clear stance on this information over the past couple of weeks, because mm -hmm. what we've been witnessing in Ukraine um, is truly disturbing. And we need to make sure that we could act much faster. Yeah, hijacking um, the information and yes, using in, in it in finding, ways. Yes, in yeah. finding ways of uh, how to, you know, limit the spread, uh, particularly, and here tech could be of, of great aid. And that's why we had mm -hmm. the disinformation summit where we gathered uh, experts from all fields to sit together and give, give us some um, good suggestion. And here our colleagues report, Kaunieta report provides many of those suggestions, which we hope to see implemented. And we hope to gather that group of experts in the future, but particularly mm -hmm. now and directly to to your question, I think um, currently one of the issues we see with disinformation is exactly to, to limit its spread and the pace of which it multiplies sure. uh, is the lack of resources simply, the lack of manpower um, and time. And I think technology could be absolutely key in this endeavor. Mm. Um, so on the one hand, we could of course see that AI could enable deep fakes, but on the other yeah. hand, AI could also help spot them. Yeah. And this is where I think, uh, of course, both deserve our focus, but if mm. we are speaking particularly on how to fight it, this is where uh, AI could be uh, much more um, efficient into mm. flagging them, uh, finding these speech patterns, um, and, and movements and AI and particularly softwares the design particularly for this person um, can can spot those whether it be uh, images that are manipulated or we could use algorithm to spot uh, uh, the contact uh, the content that is being uh, spread at an unprecedented uh, speed mm -hmm. uh, so software is already actually being built uh, 
uh, to help journalists and fact checkers. There are even apps available for you and I to, to use and be able to, to check um, this information and uh, assess which article is trustworthy uh, and which not. Um, so uh, that is already available for, for, for you know, citizens uh, um, if, if they would like to use it. Um, but I think um, as the technology develops and evolves, um, you know, we see it um, that there are a number of tools when it comes to Google Translate. Over the past years, it has uh, tremendously uh, improved by the use of, of AI. And right now it could actually help, uh, you know, improving media literacy, for example, yeah. which yeah. is key to, of course, also fighting disinformation. Sure. But as everything that's part of the educational, uh, so to say, uh, field, mm -hmm. it takes a lot of time. Yeah. So we need to yeah. use the tools we have at hand um, okay. to, to, uh, to act against uh, the spread of disinformation that's happening now. Okay. I, got, I got less than 10 minutes left and I have a shopping list. Full. <laughs> this is, I mean, your, your report is, is massive because it, it affects everything, really, artificial intelligence. Uh, and if I could hit on a few, a few more, I mean, staying on the security thing, what about military use? And, you know, that, that comes to mind with some people, oh, artificial intelligence, uh, killer robots, uh, how do we put it in uh, uh, lethal autonomous uh, weapons? Mm -hmm. uh, your report calls for an international agreement on that, right? Because you, the EU can't act alone on this, right? No. Um, yes, yeah, so here, this is a very critical sector, of course. If you are leaving alone these uh, lethal autonomy weapons, um, then um, you might end up somewhere, but uh, this is also political, very controversial. So that's why uh, we thought it might be better in um, having a kind of a global agreement on these and mm. uh, having also global standards for these, but making also sure that you always have a kind of a human intervention. Yeah. So yeah. It, it might be helpful, of course, to recognize um, and, and to make also also via facial recognition to see uh, this is civilian people or this is military people. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it, it might help. But uh, here we have to be careful and have strong safeguards. But yeah. we should also enabling these and not saying, oh, we don't like it at all. No, we, we should. We are seeing the development is steadily um, ongoing and that's why we should not say, oh, we get rid of this. No, we should embrace it somehow, but making safeguards. Yeah, well, I mean, the genie is out of the bottle and yeah. uh, other yeah. potential opponents in the world uh, could be using it. So there has to be some way we can find a way to regulate it on a global level. I guess that's the only answer. Yes, that, right? uh, yeah. yes. Yeah. Um, what about on uh, for the use of migration in, in securing Europe's borders? Which one of you would like to talk about that? Because that is included in, in the report. How can we use that to secure Europe's borders? Yeah. And to, and to deal with migration as well in, yeah. in, a, in, a, in a fair and systematic way, right? Yeah. Um, of course, you, you can have also on the borders directly the system of uh, detecting people by her... Um, yeah, not only face, uh, for also for, for the language skills or mm. whatever, you can use it and you can probably doing these um, structure or processing of everything a little bit faster and, and trying also to um, evaluate better um, 
even uh, or in the European Union at the end also where they would like to go and, and this might be handled quite easily. But mm -hmm. the at first, of course, at the border, the to recognize because of the um, refugees and so on, you will always have, and we are seeing this again in this war right now, that people from somewhere from the world, is uh, they are buying Ukraine passports and they are... Mm. They are then pretending they are coming from Ukraine yeah. and entering the Union. So you do and need this, that kind of yes. technology to deal with that, yes, right? Yes, yes, yeah. yes. So yeah. you can have this behavior recognition, uh, voice recognition, and, and from the structure of, of a person probably also. You, you can get a lot of knowledge just to find out are they really in a kind of an emergency or not. Yeah. And uh, and so, of course, this might help. Sure. Also. Yeah. I just have a couple of minutes left and, and I wish we had even more time for this. But um, uh, let me just throw this thing out uh, to see what how you re react to this is Mark Zuckerberg of, uh, you know, Facebook Meta. He's known for saying we, you have to move fast and break things. If you're not, you're not moving fast enough. Um, I think artificial intelligence, it, it applies to that, doesn't it? Uh, but but. You, in, in, with this report, you got to move fast, but you also have to stay on top of it in terms of regulation, right? I think what we are trying to do is to move fast into creating some sort of ethical norms mm. um, and principles. Uh, because, and I'll go back to, to what I've mentioned, because there's plenty uh, of, you know, um, be it nations uh, or autocratic leaders that they're ready to, you know, uh, use the technological development to harm, uh, to weaponize it, uh, and to uh, adhere the least to democratic norms. Mm -hmm. So if the democratic world doesn't unite and doesn't stand behind certain norms and principles and values when it comes to um, the newest technologies that are out there, uh, it will be very difficult for us to win this technological uh, race. Um, so I think Seeing what's happening in Ukraine, the way Russia is behaving, yeah. uh, we need to make sure that we use all sorts of different forms, be it the trade and technology councils, um, other meetings and encounters and agreements that we have with the US, with Canada, with Japan, mm -hmm. with India, and so on and, and so forth, uh, to try and, and put these norms in place uh, so that our, they're also under by the businesses. We don't want Europe to be seen as a place uh, where we just put the norms, but we don't enable innovation because that's not what we are trying yeah, to do. Um, but ideally, we have these global standards that other democratic allies uh, will back, will stand alongside them, and that we'll be creating uh, together in order for citizens to benefit from the technological development and the business sector to be able to bring forward this groundbreaking innovation in the sector that's already happening anyway. Sure, sure. Axel, last word. I mean, where, where do we go from here <laughs> with the so, you know, parliament backing this? Yeah, um, yeah. And, and we do then have, as, as uh, Eva mentioned, where there's a, 
uh, artificial intelligence act, uh, intelligence act that's going to be coming up. Yeah. Um, what's the next step now? Yeah. So of course this report should have have impact uh, at the commission, at the member states, at the parliament. Mm. And um, we need to come forward then in changing and our mindset and also our approaches. And then that we are saying we just do only regulations any longer in the digital issue. We need a digital common market. We need an ecosystem of trust. We need an ecosystem of excellence. And, and we, we need a strategy at the end and also a way of joining forces to scale up also to other regions. And um, yeah, probably bringing forward European projects instead of nationalized uh, AI systems and, and ideas. So, um, of course, we need talents, we need a lot of investments, we need cybersecurity, and this has to come all together. And okay. uh, so that we are really making something out of it and um, yeah, upgrading ourselves to, to, to a situation where we can be a good competitor to these other regions. But a lot of things has to be done. A lot um, of things to do oh, yes. over there still. Uh, Axel Voss, thank you very much. Eva Meidel, thank uh, thanks uh, <coughs> to all of you for watching this uh, EPP Group uh, event here in the European Parliament. Keep in mind eppgroup.eu for more information and at EPP Group uh, for any tweets you would like to do on this. My name is Chris Burns. See you next time.